And now, it's time to sit back and enjoy the Two True Freaks Internet Radio Broadcast. to battle stations. Engage. Captain Picard is a pain, isn't he? Interesting. No redeeming qualities. I think you should be destroyed. The great Captain Picard of Starfleet falls to Earth. Go back. Thou shalt most certainly die. Protect yourself, Captain, within destroy. We are dangerous. What can I offer except myself? Can just get down to it, please. Get us out of orbit! One minute to undistract. Welcome to Star Trek Monthly Monday. This is the Next Generation Edition. This is episode 50. 50 already. 50. 50. I am Scott Gardner, and I am joined as always by my bestie's pal, Chris Honeywell. Hey. <laughs> and this time around, we start season three of Star Trek The Next Generation. We're going to be looking at... Um, the episode entitled Evolution. And you know what's weird is, depending on what resource you use for Star Trek, you know, looking at the episodes and what, some of them start with this episode, some of them start with Ensigns of Command. Now, I watched this off of um, Netflix, and they start with Evolution. I'm very curious where the DVDs start because I used to watch these off the DVDs, but now that I can get it on Netflix, I'm just too damn lazy to dig out my DVDs and watch them that way. Well, that, I think that's I think my, what I watched was an AVI that I got online that I think was a rip of the DVDs, and that and this was the first one uh, on it. So I'm okay. figuring maybe. Yeah. Well, oh no, <laughs> I don't know either. We just decided this is where we were going to start. I think this is the first one, though. I think what it was was that this was the first one aired, but maybe Ensigns of Command was filmed first, first or something maybe. like that. Yeah, something weird like that. But um, do we have anything next, Jenny, to talk about before we just jump right into this thing? Not that I can think of. 
All right. Next time on Star Trek, The Next Generation. Controls are not responding, sir. Something evil is threatening the Enterprise. Nitrogen oxide, toxic levels. Lives are in danger. Stay straight into the path of that stellar matter. Disaster is dead ahead. Prepare for impact. On Star Trek, The Next Generation. So here we go, Evolution. Uh, this is uh, for this first show of the third season of Star Trek The Next Generation, Dr. Paul Stibbs comes aboard the internet. That sounds like a hillbilly name to me. It really does. It says, Dr. Stibbs is a scientist of great fame. Starfleet has ordered the Enterprise to assist him in a time-critical experiment. Once every 197 years, the matter builds up on the surface of a particular star... Uh, what? Okay. The matter that builds up on a particular... Yeah. <laughs> Once every 197 years... Take it years, slowly, sound it out. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'd just like to point out, it is 1.30 in the morning, and I've barely slept in days. Once every 197 years, the matter that builds up on the surface of a, of a particular star explodes, creating the galaxy's equivalent of Old Faithful. <sighs> As Shuttle Bay 2 prepares to launch Dr. Stubbs' experiment, computer systems start to fail on the Enterprise. The problems increase and threaten the mission. Stubbs is distraught because it wasn't that the character's name on Miami Vice? Yes, I think you're right. I think that was Don Johnson in Miami Vice. <laughs> I'm not sure. I never watched that show, but it well, sounds This guy familiar. was very much like my don johnson he was actually it's like an aged don johnson yes he was Stubbs is distraught because the experiment is his life's work the crew finally locates the problem while working on an experiment for genetics uh wesley allowed two nanites to escape nanites are tiny machines i know what freaking nanites are uh, they are designed to enter living cells and make repairs. Normally, they only work alone. Wesley taught them to work together to reproduce and make each generation better. Thousands of nanites have invaded the computer core. They are eating the memory chips. I hate when that happens. Recommend Bet you can't eat just one. <laughs> <laughs> Stibbs. Recommends extermination, because he's the smart one on the ship. Picard refuses to obliterate wantonly an entity that may have a new collective intelligence, mostly because he's a big pussy. As Data, LaForge, and Wesley work in the main computer to clear the nanites, Stubb enters. He fires gamma radiation into the memory banks and turns into the Incredible Hulk, which would have totally saved this episode. That would have been awesome. That would have ruled. Actually, I would pressure, have loved it. You don't want to make me angry. If he had turned into the, um, remember the really gangly evil Hulk from, oh, yeah, yeah. you know what I'm talking about? It would have been great to Dick have a Hulk Durock. loose on the Enterprise. <laughs> they could have got Dick Durock to, to be the, the, that would have been awesome, dude. <laughs> this would be my favorite episode. But digress. Uh, but I digress. Uh, he fires gamma radiation into the memory banks, destroys all the nanites in the upper core. The nanites respond by pumping nitrous oxide in the main bridge. The wow, man. 
I'll be I'll be bringing Mr. Science to that one later on. <laughs> this specific reaction on the nanites' parts leads uh, lends further credence to the possibility they might be intelligent. Guys, <laughs> or not. After working with the Universal Translator for some time, Data contacts the Nanites. With Picard's permission, he allows the Nanites to enter his neural network so uh, they can meet no. face with Picard. No, after no, network. <laughs> after Stubbs apologizes for his actions, the Nanites agree to a truce. The Nanites help repair the main computer, and Stubbs' experiment is a success. Aww. And we all live happily ever after did you enjoy that children and the, and, the, and they don't mention that the nanites are given their own little home to live on yeah now i i must admit i kind of zoned by the end of this episode where did they go to live because i, I in previous watchings of this episode i thought they went off into the matter stream to live but I think I'm thinking of a different episode where they got rid of something that was infested. It was just something they had in the captain's log of like we found like a you know a planetoid or something to put them on. Right. So great, you've just created like the next Borg threat. You know, like a hundred years. I mean, because if they evolved... that's what I got here. What? Meanwhile, the nanites grow up to be the next space Hitler. <laughs> right. Exactly. I mean, if in, if in a half an hour. They evolved from, you know, itty bitty robots that are completely harmless into, you know, a society with language and the ability to, to con you know, fathom the concept of revenge. What the hell are they going to be in a week or a hundred years? You know, the th that's a scary concept. If the Enterprise grew too small for them in the course of one episode, it is a planet or a solar system or a galaxy. You know, what, what's the limit? You know right, what I mean? Right. In that episode, so. it's established right in the beginning that he's got like 19 hours before his experiment has to happen. So it's all in the, the course of less than a day, you know, Right. that all that happens. Yeah, I think that's scary stuff. Well, there's, for, for one thing, Stubbs, man, Starfleet just generates a lot of obsessive, obnoxious <laughs> pricks. Yeah, <laughs> they all yeah. have to come to the Enterprise and 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 just be. Although I loved, I loved my favorite moment of this. I have in all capital letters, yes, written down. Was where was when, um, was when Mister Prick. The only the only redeeming moment for him in the whole episode was when he looked at Deanna Troy and goes, "Turn off your beam into my soul." <laughs> You don't have my permission to look in there. And she's just like, oh, my favorite moment of the episode very closely parallels that when they have their little conference and Stubbs storms out of the room and Deanna says something completely obvious. And, and Picard goes, yes, yes. <laughs> even my blah, blah, blah ability. Pick even that I can up. see. Yeah, even I can it's, see that. And I'm a I'm a dense idiot. <laughs> exactly I was pumping my fist going yes he just he it took him three seasons but he finally said you know you're effectively useless you're kind of really not uh, doing anything here thank you very much <laughs> mistress of the obvious exactly yeah there's there's a lot of things uh, the, the obvious is the obvious is just just sloughed off in this episode and it can be um Summed up in three words, 
Wesley Crusher. God. <laughs> oh, God, what a concept. Right, right? But it is, right? He created a new life form. Wesley Crusher created a new life form. That's a pretty important thing, do you think? I don't... I haven't heard much talk about too many other, you know, life forms that, that humans have created. Wesley Crusher created an independent life form that is now living on a planet and is intelligent and can speak and reason. He better get an A in that science report. That's all I've got to say. <laughs> I that's, don't know. That's on a par... That's on a par with, like... You know, Dr. Albert Hoffman inventing LSD by working on something and then accidentally dipping his finger in something. and Or the guy who created rubber, you know, was trying to make something else and he burned it and it turned into rubber. And, you know, all, all that sort of stuff where some huge leap is made. You know, this the whole And then Wesley Crusher fell asleep and the nanites got loosened in the Enterprise and, you know, and a new life form was born. That's a kind of a big deal, I think. And it's not addressed at all. Nobody ever goes like, Wesley, you've created a new life form. Because he en he endangered every single person on the ship. But even so, yeah, but yeah, 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 yeah. That that's that's you, Mr. Reasonable. No, 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 no. Don't be right sluffing here. that shit under the rug. You know, I, this this kid. See, this right, is right. why he, you he, don't enter. You do not interfere when Wesley Crusher is given the death sentence. This is exactly why you don't do that. Well, here's, but yeah, but there, but but remember, we're in Star Trek: The Next Generation, where they can, they can forgive that he almost destroyed the ship. That, but that also is not. Also, he's not, you know, you're grounded, dude. You almost, right. <laughs> you almost screwed everything up, and then you got, you know, and you would have sent Stubbs away angry and suicidal back to Starfleet. It would have looked bad on all of us because of your right. little nap. But that's not even, you know, it, it just goes right back to normal. It all turns into some little thing with Wesley and his mother rebonding a little bit you know and since she's introduced back into the show no wesley crusher has created a new form of life and almost destroyed the enterprise and that should be huge he that's 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 something for the annals of science you know that that blows away the entire life work of of professor stubbs Makes, you know, <laughs> Professor Stubbs, you know, I mean, how, I mean, Professor Stubbs, okay, okay, every 179 years he gets to do that experiment. And how the hell do they know that when they've only been spacefaring for what, a couple of centuries at this point? So yeah, how do they know that? Yeah, but you can take measurements and interpolate, you know, they ran a computer sim simulation or whatever, or they found remnants of further blah blah blah, blah. whatever <laughs> what? whatever basically what he's doing is just cre is just collecting one little piece of data for you know that's what that's what science is he's doing his bit but his data that he's going to get off that planet is probably potentially nowhere near as useful as or important as somebody creating life <laughs> And uh, and the funny thing is, is he's just he's he's they could have played it into a whole 
thing of the you know because he was in the beginning he's comparing Wesley to a young version of him and you know oh wait till in science and wait till you and he's waxing poetic here and there and and all that and it could have been a nice parable about how you know he you know maybe he was motivated to wipe out the nanites because he's jealous of little ensign pissant who you know all of a sudden has has fulfilled you know at, at age 17 has dwarfed his entire life's work you know right and and i mean maybe that figured into it in the writer's mind or something but it didn't play out in in the in the episode it was just him you know obsessing over his his experiment and uh you know and and when troy was like you know he's serious that you know he'd rather die than 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 see his experiment unfulfilled at that point picard might have been like wanting to maybe um have him under psychiatric watch <laughs> or something you know that's, that's <laughs> kind of mentally watch. ill yeah that's kind of mentally ill and okay so you're a scientist and you got to do that but still you know whatever but then again who's gonna you know i wouldn't take the it's like a lie detector i wouldn't count deanna troy's <laughs> you know call on that one with enough to lock this guy up so yeah i'm not entirely convinced at this point that she's just not pulling a total like john edwards on on starfleet you know what i mean how so well yeah that she's actually completely full of shit and doesn't really have any true psychic ability yes. at all <laughs> you know <laughs> she's just a really good shyster she's a good, yeah? yeah she's a good cold reader <laughs> yeah, they need the amazing Randy to come in there and and uh, invent some spoons and and spank her ass soundly. They needed Kirk to come in there and whip the computer into shape in the beginning. Mm-hmm. That would have solved the whole problem. Kirk would have come in and given a thrown a few logical problems, and the nanites would have strangled themselves. <laughs> well, you know. You and I, we've been friends a long, long time. So you know me very well. You know that I am nothing if not a great compromiser. Which is bullshit. <laughs> okay. Going yeah, on okay. yeah, but I'm going to let you continue just to see what's so, going. <laughs> so I will give you Wesley getting an A on his assignment if you will give me that Picard at the end of this one takes him back to the porn star planet and says, you know what, we've had a change of heart on that whole uh, tosses you know, death him, sentence Tosses thing. him into the greenhouse. Yeah, again. <laughs> they just they swing low in the atmosphere and toss Wesley out and keep going. Chuck him into yeah. the forbidden zone and keep flying. <laughs> But seriously, yeah, no punishment, and granted, no reward. Like you said, that was a perfectly valid point. No reward at all for for this, you know, no, this invention no and everything. But no punishment either. Nothing, nothing. Yeah. It just turns into a moment between him and his mom. Whatever, and then you know, and the standard, oh, everything is fine. All's well that ends well. Yeah. This is ending that I. No, there's a hate. there's a shitload of people on that that ship that could have died. Yeah, um, I, I hate it when you've got. I mean, because you know, as we keep going around, this is a, a, a pseudo militaristic organization. So all's well that ends well is not a philosophy that the military endorses. Believe me, you know it, that don't happen in real life. 
you know? Right, there would have been investigations launched. Mm-hmm. Um, and that, that makes me crazy. And, and and it also, I mean, it's, it's a trope of TV shows where, you know, uh, all's well that ends well, and, uh, you know, everything resolves. But at the end of this... You know, at the end of the, especially it happens a lot in Star Trek is Pricky, Pricky Stubbs comes around and he got his way and he's happy and all that. But no, in reality, he'd still be a prick and he'd still be like, I'm going to see all of you up on report for this little incident because, right. you know, not only, you know, you guys had me so stressed out, I had to go and freaking play out baseball games in my head in my quarters. Uh it's going to be somebody's ass. Picard. Kind of a space rain man is what he is, I guess. <laughs> All right. Now Enterprise. It's time... Enterprise never crashed. Now it's time for me to put my... I don't know if this is my druggy hat or my scientist hat. It's a little of both. I was just going to say, they're one and the same, aren't they? <laughs> they they both, the, both fields of... of um, both Bullshit. fields cross quite a few times, but... Uh, <laughs> All right, so they pump nitrous oxide, and I'm glad it, that's it, laughing gas. That is laughing gas, and into the into the ship to kill off the crew. A, that is an awesome way to kill off the crew <laughs> by the nanites. It is. It's that is an, that's a good way to wipe out the crew because nitrous oxide is so close to oxygen, but. It, that, that the way nitrous oxide would kill you was it would replace oxygen in your lungs and in your bloodstream, but you don't feel the sensation that you're not getting oxygen. So you would be effectively asphyxiating to death, but you wouldn't know it. You'd, just, you'd, you'd get lightheaded. You'd get the, 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 the effects of nitrous oxide, which are the recreational ones, which make you lightheaded and goofy. And then you get the medical effects which is you go out cold so they can operate on you and then you get the nanites desired effect is you die from lack of oxygen to the brain while you're out cold it's a very pleasant way to die you just sort of sit down and go oh, a little tired and you go to sleep and die also nitrous oxide is odorless and colorless so it doesn't hiss out like smoke oh, kind of like Picard and make you go <laughs> pump it out and they would be like they would be like <laughs> and then you would fall down and it would be like that scene from uh what is, is it pink panther strikes again i think where he's given dreyfus where he gets into nitrous oxide yeah 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 yeah, yeah. it would yeah it would be I've had a little experience with nitrous oxide being having gone to Grateful Dead shows, and yeah, it would you would start laughing and going, <laughs> "Wow, why is everybody so gloomy?" And then <laughs> heal over dead. So, so that was that was just ridiculous. That that it comes out like you know that somebody turned on the dry ice machine at the Kiss concert. <laughs> was it, it, that just didn't you know 
Maybe if they were like, they're pumping out sulfur dioxide and it smells. Well, who is it that says it? Because it's entirely possible that whoever says it just doesn't know what the hell they're talking about, too, you know? Yeah. I but they meant to say carbon dioxide and they said, you know, what they said, so. Yeah. So I think it's it's either Picard or Riker because that's that scene is the tie, the, the unconscious tie, the unintentional tie between these two episodes. <laughs> they both have that in common. Is somebody going? Do you smell something? So these <laughs> yeah. are the these are the SBD episodes. I love there's it. There's two. There's two common threads. There's two, you know, you know, new life form that take over the Enterprise, or that get on, you know, get on board the Enterprise and wreak havoc. Except in old school, they 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 um, recognize and then immediately attempt to kill it. Where in this one, it's it's negotiations, <laughs> but that's oh, that's the difference between old school and new school. Yeah. And the funny thing is, I'll we'll bitch about them not killing the nanites in this one, but the last episode, or you know, the other our our sister episode, I was in there bitching about how they were so quick to kill the the honey the honey bear creature, <laughs> Kirk's honey fart monster. I wish that I had had the foresight right from the beginning of our TNG coverage to be keeping scorecards on things. I, I really wish I had done this because I would love to know what the tally is at this point of Picard calling a conference in the face of a, of a ship-wide threatening menace. Because he does this constantly and it makes me nuts. This isn't the time for a staff meeting. This is the time for a decisive action. And what What's-His-Face did was essentially the right thing to do. The ship was in danger. You don't screw around. You go down there and you sterilize. It sterilize. It was theoretically the right thing to do, but it didn't work out practically that way. It almost got him killed and made him have to go, made them have to, like, pull him out from behind him and go, tell him you're sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> I didn't mean to shoot you with gamma rays. I thought it turned you into the Hulk. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'll cut your lawn for the next six months. I'm sorry. I I do like that. I have my complaints with it, but I do like this episode. Yeah. You know, it, it's, it's a pretty solid one. But I'll tell you, I couldn't remember what episode it happened in. So it was it was fun to find that it was this episode. This has one of my favorite comedic moments where they're all sitting there and all of a sudden Stars and Stripes Forever comes over the <laughs> I love that. I thought that was I always liked that part when I because Picard is like, what the hell is that? Well, I <laughs> did I did that. I, I was like, did I just pull up another is there an ad coming up or something, you know? And then I was like, Oh, okay. And that was that was always that was always the siren call when I worked at a restaurant for what we called the parade of assholes. When it was 10 minutes before you'd close and then you'd have the whole kitchen clean, sparkly clean. And then you'd right. see someone poke their head in the door going, are you open? And then you'd hear everybody in the kitchen go, and get prepared to dirty everything up while the people took four hours to eat. This is delicious. Did I hear Data right in this episode that he said that there's never been in the last, like, what do you say, like 79 years, a record of a catastrophic failure of this, of you know, like system-wide failure of a starship? 
ever. Um, didn't we just see that not too long ago where they were like talking face to face with one of their sister ships and they had a catastrophic system wide failure and the friggin ship blew up? How how many how many times has the Enterprise come upon a smoking <laughs> yeah, smoking cord out version of some Starfleet ship just floating right. in space like a tomb? Right. That was a, a completely nonsensical line. Um, it struck me again in this episode that somebody, and I think it was Picard, asked Worf for his opinion. Worf gives it, which is a very sound tactical diagnostic of the situation, mm -hmm. and then it's completely disregarded. And I wish I'd been keeping score on that too, because I'm going to be shocked the first time yeah. that Worf makes a recommendation and they actually listen to it. Right, right. Because I'm I, not sure that ever happens. It's 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 actually that makes this show more realistic because that's the that's that's like that's life in the like in the corporate world or in the retail world or whatever let's call a meeting ask everybody their opinion and then ignore it and then just go and do what we were going to do anyway but, right but we'll make sure but we'll make a big pain in the ass and get everybody to stop what they're doing and come in and, and pretend it's really important and then we'll go oh okay that was a dumb idea okay thanks right so that's exactly. so i guess that's sort of mirroring the real world i hate that <laughs> So yeah, so does Worf probably. <laughs> Worf probably goes. Worf probably has a Picard punching bag back in his room that he just goes back and goes, idiot. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I was thinking. Sits down. It must really suck that every single day you come to work and you've got to deal with <laughs> human assholes that never ever listen to you and you're constantly overruled and disregarded when you're like the smartest tactical person well you can see you him know? almost now whenever they ask him before he tells him he sort of goes <sighs> <laughs> exactly just tell him Worf just tell him just tell him and you're doing your job <sighs> think he drinks yeah <laughs> I imagine so drinks and screws yes. yeah I was just gonna say yeah he goes to the hollow deck and and punches up a really tough hooker <laughs> <laughs> and, and takes out his frustrations or something or goes to the equivalent of a Klingon bar and gets drunk and starts a fight or something cause it must be a life of frustration Ace, mm -hmm. you know, there's no, there. Not only are there no other Klingons on the ship, there's no other Klingon females. There's very few females that are probably going to survive a Klingon encounter on the Enterprise. So that's right out for him. But then again, yeah. they mate. They they sort of mate, you know. That right, yeah. So, so he's. But yeah, his life must just be a, and he's walking around. He's basically walking around with all these little you know softies all around him you know it's funny that we, we you know we kind of stumbled into that in a comedic way but it, it, seriously that's something i never really thought about before you know the original series spent so much time and got so much mileage out of you know spock having to live amongst these idiot humans and you know, from time to time, his demeanor would break and he would even admit, you know, that he was often frustrated by humans, you know, right. and, and having, you know, being the only Vulcan amongst these these human beings. Klingons I are think screwed. they got a 
Yeah, I think they could have got a lot of mileage out of that with Worf. I would have liked to have seen some scenes with yeah. him back in his quarters going, oh, asshole. Oh, yeah, nope. yeah, back in his quarters, yeah. But you couldn't have had him, he couldn't have had him mouthing off like Spock did, you know, going, oh, you humans, you're you're so stupid and emotional and, and illogical. Right. Because Worf is a... Because Worf is a Klingon, he can't, he won't break that chain of command. He's more in, on the whole chain of command. If anything, he would be fighting some instinct not to slit Picard's throat. Right. You know, and take <laughs> command because that would be the right thing to do. That was how, you know, once the commander got weak enough, you know, somebody stronger should have, should step in. So he's maybe fighting that instinct. But, you know, he's not going to, he's not going to be insubordinate. That would be you know, so shameful to him that, right. that he can't. So all he can do is sit there and seethe. But my, Michael Dorn did a great job. Michael Dorn conceivably could probably be the most Star Trek in character character of all time. Cause that, didn't you say last show that he's probably spent the most screen time? He has. Yeah. He's, Star he's Trek the, Trek he's forever. the one that's, yeah, he's the one that's appeared in more episodes yeah. than any other character. So he's yeah. probably been in character, but he, but he, but he's been, you know, in the first couple seasons, we were seeing him sort of fit into place, but really it was only the first season. Uh, I mean, he's, he, he, he's very good at, at telling, at, at basically communicating that you you guys are idiots by just <laughs> by just rolling his eyes and you know saying something and it obviously is just killing his soul his klingon soul <laughs> to say it you know but it also you know he's forced to out of his klingon honor to conform to the starfleet ways and and do his duty his nasty Dirty Klingon duty. <laughs> it's nasty Klingon duty. duty. I wonder if he has an extra strong like toilet or something. They probably just vaporize all that stuff. Actually, it probably just gets. I think they just shit skin. wherever they want to because they're Klingons. That's how, how he marks his his territory in his in his <laughs> quarters. Speaking of shit, but I digress. Yes, Beverly Crusher is back. Uh, <laughs> I'm sorry. I know everybody else likes her. I I can't stand Beverly Crusher. I'm so sorry that, Not that uh, I can't stand her. I like the other doctor better. Yeah, I do too. I like I Lady McCoy. Yeah, I really was not happy to have uh, Doctor Crusher back again. And it's all it's for- done in a nice little exposition where they like show her right at the first thing, and within five minutes she's like, "Well, now I'm back." Blah blah blah. You know and. Terrific. Yeah, yeah. but I, I I gotta say, coming into the third season, the special effects look a little sharper. Everything looks everything looks a little bit like a, a little higher quality, like the the cinematography and stuff. Yep. It looks like the you know the cameras have gotten better. Uh, they don't have Wesley in you know they have Wesley in a better uniform, although he's got a goofy haircut. They've all got new uniforms. Yeah, and they and they and they look more. They just they they look more Starfleety and more cinematic. I think I. Right. I yeah. The, the the season three had a little more cinematic feel to it. It didn't have as much of a shot on video, feel to it, 
And that might have just been a natural progression of the cameras were getting better and and computer technology and all that was getting better. But it definitely it definitely is is a, is a little snazzier. It's it's looking up and this is a season I've seen a few episodes of it here and there, but this is the one that a lot of people seem to rave about. Yeah. Or uh or are or considering it a huge turning point, you know. Oh yeah, well this I mean from here on this new look that was established starting with this episode, this is really the TNG that when we all think back on TNG, this yes. is the look and the feel that we all have in mind. Yes, it is from here on out. It's starting to feel established and and a lot stronger, you know, and, mm-hmm. and gelled. So, I'm really looking forward to to this this is this is and it's a lot of it's going to be new territory for me i don't think i've seen this episode before it's going to be fun for me just looking back and and you know re-watching and rediscovering some episodes because like next time we've got uh i believe it's ensigns of command i have i don't have a clue unlike T, you know the original series two s i can hear a generally There's hear so a title and go oh, okay episodes. i know i know what oh yeah that's true too you know, generally I can hear the the title of an episode from the original series and be like, oh yeah, okay, I remember that one. That's the one with you know, even if I don't remember the specific, you know, it's the one with the cloud creature. It's the one with this, the one with that. I'm not near as good uh, about that with uh, with TNG. I, I hear Instance of Command and I'm like, I have no idea what the hell episode is that. So it'll be fun to find out. It's funny. It's like video games to me. Because start, you know, the original series of seventy nine episodes. It's so much simpler to remember all the titles and stuff. And TNG is like the kids with their with their video games, where you know we we had the old Atari joystick with a button on it, and they have fifteen buttons and are doing combos. Because all the, all the people I knew who grew up with Next Generation can do that. They can they can list the episode by name. The the singer in our band grew up with next generation and is only starting to like watch original series that much but she can she can tell you the plot and the the title of the show i'll be able to do it more or less by the time we're done (laughs) but i'm gonna have to dedicate a podcast to it in order to get to that point now you know right so yeah it's it's that it's the old man effect and that's what i love about our show is our listeners span you know from their 20s from from people who even got next generation as something from the last generation before them to people like us who grew up with with kirk and it's interesting to see how all those butt heads and bump together and cross streams and play nice and not play nice (laughs) well i think that's about all we got on this one yeah and don't worry everybody the next generation comics will be back next Next month yep i have read the read the comic and i'm working on the synopsis because it's such a complicated storyline that's going to take an extra month for me to prepare it (laughs) properly to do it justice because that's what we're all about here at Tutu Freaks. Justice. Truth, just, space truth, space justice, and space 
the space American way. <laughs> All right, take it out already. And we're done. <laughs> we're done. We can tell when we get tired because we get slow and rambly. You can sponsor an episode of this or any other of your favorite Two True Freaks affiliated shows. Simply click the PayPal link on our website, donate any amount at all, tell us which show you're choosing and what message, if any, you'd like us to read on your behalf, and you will be an official sponsor of that show's very next episode, with your message read in the show's opener. It's that easy, and there is no minimum donation. Be a show sponsor today. Anytime you plan to visit Amazon.com, please be aware that if you use the Amazon.com link located on our website, www.2TrueFreaks.Libson.com, Two True Freaks will receive a referral bonus for any items you purchase. There is absolutely no additional cost to you whatsoever for doing this. All proceeds go directly toward keeping new episodes of all your favorite Two True Freaks affiliated podcasts rolling and it really helps us out. So please, use our Amazon.com link anytime you plan to visit Amazon.com. Welcome to Amazon. I love you. <laughs> Visit our website at twotruefreaks.libson.com. Two True Freaks is always spelled T-W-O-T-R-U-E-F-R-E-A-K-S. Libson is spelled L-I-B-S-Y-N. You can email Two True Freaks directly at twotruefreaks at gmail.com. Join our forum at forumforgeeks.com where you can discuss all of the shows on our feed with us and your fellow listeners. You can find Two True Freaks on Facebook. Just search for Two True Freaks. Dumbass. And hey, you can friend me, Scott Gardner, on Facebook too. My name is spelled S-C-O-T-T-G-A-R-D-N-E-R. You can friend me on Facebook too, if you can find me. Now available, Two True Freaks t-shirts. See our website for details. Two True Freaks is a very proud member of the Comics Podcast Network. You can check that out at www.comicspodcast.com, where you can hear our new episodes when we put them up. We are also members of the League of Comic Book Podcasts. For more information, visit comicbooknoise.com league. If you ever leave your house and you actually have friends, why don't you tell them about Two True Freaks? Thanks for listening. And join us every Monday for new episodes of... Two True Freaks. We were finally invited aboard one of these spacecraft, which landed near Ann Arbor, Michigan, on October the 24th of 1954. This is a drawing of the craft. As I was leaving the craft, the commander, Soltek, said, Soon others of your people will be able to have an experience similar to this. As you remember, all kinds of stuff has happened to our heroes. And by God, more stuff is about to happen. 
Morgan, we have to find Bill. He's still missing. You're right, pig. It's time for us to find Bill. And it's time, once we find him and free him from the evil Demonzo, we have to send him to the man who taught me the ways of anti-Demonzo. Whatever. Pete Hesh. Pete Hesh? That's right. Pete Hesh. Okay. Wait. I think Bill was over there. Do me the monzo. Do me the monzo. Bill. Do me the monzo. You're not Toby. You're not Toby. Aw, damn it. I ain't got time for this. Wake up, boy. Morgan. What? The last thing I remember is... The molester bot. Oh, God. No, not the molester bot. <laughs> Get a hold of yourself, boy. Time for you to learn. You must go to Watertown so that you can face Demonzo. You must go to Pete Hesh. Arnold will show you the way. All right, Arnold. Uh, how are we supposed to get to Watertown? I have no idea. Well, back in the old days, we used to hitchhike. Or hop a train like a hobo. You were hopping trains as a pig? Don't judge me. All right, Arnold, let's go. Hey, um, so how do we do this? Do I just put my thumb out, stick my leg out? We could stick your leg out. Walk it. All right. Uh, I'll, we'll just try thumbing it. See if we get somebody. Hey, Arnold, look. There's a truck coming. And it's, uh, got a big pig on the side of it? My kind of people. Hey, hi, how you doing? Hey, this is Jack Burton in the old Pork Chop Express. What are you two fellas doing out on a dark and stormy night? Uh, we're trying to hit hitch a ride up to upstate New York. We gotta we gotta meet somebody. We got an appointment to meet. Well, it's a shame that I uh, only go up there every once in a while, but uh, seeing as how you got a swine with you, I might be inclined to take you all the way. Swine. What are you implying, sir? Hey, nothing, man. It's just you're a pig. This is the Pork Chop Express. Now, don't worry. I don't eat pork. I keep kosher, okay? Ah, very well. I I guess I can ride in your your vehicle. Do you sleep in this, too, sir? This is my home. Jack Burton is never far away from the Pork Chop Express. Hmm. All right, Bill. I think we can ride with him. All right, Arnold. Well, here. Wait a minute. Is that a monkey in there? Yeah, that little feller I picked up in San Francisco Chinatown. His name is Chimpan. That's what I like to call him. As in chimpanzee? Yeah, I guess so. He might not even be a chimpanzee. He could be any monkey. Yeah. Uh, okay. Well, all right, Arnold. Let's, uh... uh he's real cautious. People. Oh, well, I'm, I'm sure we'll get along with him fine. All right, Arnold, let me uh, get you up here. Grab your back holes. Ow! Oh, well, be careful. All right, come on, come on. Up, up, up. Stop pushing me. Okay, I got a front load for you eat it. That's not funny, sir. All right, just shut up. I was talking in, about Bill. Hey, hey. Right, get in there, pig. All right, come in. Don't eat my giant hoagie sandwich there on the dash. I need that. So, um, how long do you think it's going to take us to get up there? I don't know. Depends on how fast we drive. But let me tell you something. It's all in the reflexes. Okay, uh, 
Hey, hey uh, Arnold, do you have that, um, isn't there like a spare universal translator that you've got? I don't know where you keep your things, Anya. I never, you just seem to pull things out of, you know, maybe I don't want to know where you keep the things that you pull out. I wouldn't want to know either. Oh, okay, so you do have a spare, yeah, yeah, I do. Alright, would you mind if we put this on your monkey? I mean, your Mr. Chimpan. Hey, you gotta ask the monkey, man. Alright, well, here. <laughs> Alright, calm down, calm down. I'm just gonna put this on you. We just wanna see how this works. You know, alright, hold on. And, alright, let's do setting. Alright, there we go. Alright, I. How you doing, Mr. Chimpan? Ah! Now you are really pissing me off! Whoa. Already? Uh. Eyes of creamy jade who contained the burning blade. You sure about this monkey? Indeed! Something tells me it's gonna be a long trip. Hey, we'll get you an extra hoagie sandwich the next place we stop. We'll be all set. So when uh, you're out on another dark and stormy night, and a wild six-foot-tall maniac taps your favorite head against the back of the barroom wall and says, Bill, have you paid your dues? You can look him square in the eye and say, Yes, sir, the check is in the mail. Indeed! What happens next? Well, you can be rest assured that it's... something. <laughs>